Hey everyone, and welcome to the Cat Scare 64 podcast. I'm Campbell. I'm <laughs> Michael. Cat Scare 64. Yeah, like Nintendo 64. Was that uh, like uh, you know how we had cat chat? Yeah, it's mean? it's just a it's just a play on that kind of. I mean, we could say we Cat Scare Station or Cat Scare Jaguar, <laughs> which I had by the way. You had the Jaguar. I did have the Atari Jaguar. Yes. See, I'm you're much older than me. Yeah, really showing your age. It was um, the only reason I wanted it was because of Alien vs. Predator, the first-person shooter. Yeah, and I played that game until the Atari Jaguar's 465 buttons fell off. So remember, it had a big. Oh yeah. Yeah, big old thing. I mean, there was like a phone pad on there, you know. See, my first console was the PlayStation One. Oh. Um, which really, it was it was actually more like my dad's console. Yeah. You know, because he, he was a bit of a gamer. Oh, he's a gamer dude? Yeah. Gamer yeah, bro? Back in the day, you know, yeah. he used to play, uh, used to play arcade and then played Atari. Oh, cool. Uh, played Nintendo, you know, so I guess his family was fucking rich. Yeah, well, you know what? I can't say anything. My parents, um, they did, whenever I wanted it, Santa Claus gave me a consoles so i'm sure they probably wish they had that money back and i wouldn't have done it all the time but i keep telling my mom she like sometimes doesn't like the game system and i'm like you had no problem when i was five years old playing all night long <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't guessed people we're talking about video games today um video games have blown up well they've been exponentially getting to be more of a normal thing. Back in the day, you had a couple of kids that may have played in their household, had a Sega, had a Nintendo, but now you ain't anybody unless you have a modern game system. But we're talking about uh, the boom of different horror-related video games, survival horror, um, platformers. Everything can turn scary now. Uh, you talked about that one Darkwood where it's like a, it's like Zelda, with monsters that aren't cartoony. Well, it's just... I wouldn't really say it's like Zelda. It's a... Well, it's a top-down well, top adventure. Down, but, yeah, but how many Zeldas are like that? A lot. Not really. Most of them are 3D. No, no, no. You go to all the Game Boy Advance. You go to all the Ga Game Boy 3DSs. Look, you go look, to Game Boy got, 4Ds. You're talking to bubble a Zelda fanboy right here. <laughs> you got... Zelda 1. Yeah. You got Link to the Past. Which is not. You got... Well, uh, they do have some of it. They do don't isn't some of it top down and some are it, side scroll. No, it's all it's all top down. Like no, it's path. not not the second one. I'm not talking about the second. Oh, okay. One. Well, number one, those two yes, but there's a ton on those game boards. Or, Oracle of Seasons, Oracle of Ages, you just, Minish Cap. You just keep uh, naming and plenty then, of them. Uh, a link between worlds and a link between love. It's a dating <laughs> show. It's only six. There's more than that. I mean, are we counting the uh, CDI game? No, that's no. We don't count that. That's not a yeah. game. That's a DVD. That's terrible. <laughs> um, anyway, the point is, you can put scary things in all things. But when I was a kid, like the height of scares in a video game was Resident Evil, and that was like the first big one. Like me and my friends would go into their rooms at night and then play that game on the PlayStation and legitimately be scared shitless. But now I look at it and I'm like, that was just scary. I mean, well, I, the, first, the first Resident Evil, no, I haven't. I never played like the original. I only played the remake mm -hmm. of it. Uh, never beat it. It's just, it's too hard. It's a lot. It's yeah. a lot. And, um, and then also, I, I kind of long for the days of horrible voice acting. Oh, yeah. The horrible voice acting was some of the best stuff in that game. It was like, oh, no, we must split up now. <laughs> ah! That was close. Yeah. Almost what? turned into a Jill sandwich. Yeah. What was that? Ah! <laughs> okay. So it was great. We should, we should, like, get the script for the first Resident Evil and redo it as a podcast. Just you and yeah. I doing the same wooden reading. I mean, I'm sure those are just programmers or something that work for 
uh, Capcom America. <laughs> and they're probably like, you ever wanted to be a movie star? And that's how it happened. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I imagine... Because, you know, it was originally in Japanese. Yeah. Uh, and so it... Uh, probably when it was being ported to America, probably just... Uh, Hired some... Just throw something together. They like Craigslist ad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, the point is, that was like the birth of using like scares in a 3D environment to an extent. But it just showed the potential of getting your blood pumping because something spooks you. Well, I mean, the the oldest like horror game that I played, um, I emulated Clock Tower. Have you ever? Oh yeah, played I that with Clock the, Tower. The Scissor Man. Um, that game's just straight up bullshit. But you know that that uh, that music sting whenever the Scissor Man makes his appearance and he could appear out of anywhere yeah it gets you you know yeah and you don't move very fast so you never <laughs> it's um feel like you can really get away uh i i like to watch a lot of youtube videos about um the first resident evil in silent hill and um they always talk about how the horror is not derived from the scares it's derived from the controls um and the the camera you know well, you're, you're fixed at a certain way because this is what tank controls. Well, the the thing is, I mean, first of all, no scary game is going to be scary if you don't care about it. So, like, if you go into a game and you're like, it doesn't matter if I die, it's not going to be scary because yeah. there's no consequences. I mean, what I get scary scared. is the consequences. All of them are scary. Every game I play that's scary is scary. <laughs> like, I, I legitimately am dreading every. Like foot clomp, I, I I'm like something's gonna pop out and scare me and make me feel bad about myself. Yeah, but it's not just that something's gonna pop out because you can play. Um, what's the? I can't remember the name of it. There's a game. It has a very cartoony look, and you're going through uh, just room after room of uh, like jump scares. And so, like, it it would literally be like as you're going down a hallway. A cardboard cutout of a a little ghost pops out like, boop, and pops out right in front of you. Yeah, and it gets to the point where it's you, nothing. Yeah, because you those things have no consequences. Well, speaking of cardboard cutouts, we are uh, talking about two games in particular today, um, and one of them has cardboard cutouts in them. Can you guess which one? <laughs> okay, Dora. <laughs> uh, but Michael and I will be talking about Bendy and the Ink Machine and Little Nightmares. Um, but let's get back on the topic of, of, like, when was the first time you played a game where you were, like, fucking frightened? Do you remember? Um, well... Like, the game's intentionally doing it, or I'm just scared because I'm a kid? Uh, column A and B, I want to know both. Uh, well, the first game I can think about that I was scared of was uh, actually the the Toy Story interactive like book thing. Yeah. Uh, it was a game you put in, and I just remember the first scene. Uh, Ham, his name is Ham, right? The pig. Yeah. The piggy bank. Uh, I think it's Ham. He comes up like in front of the camera, you know, as if being like, huh. like is this thing on? But the way that he walked up to it and got right up to it, it scared the mess out of me as a kid. Like, it, was, it was it because was it because like you weren't expecting that, or it's just the fact that you're seeing this thing on on a screen doing it that you weren't expecting that? I mean, I think you know, for me at that time, I don't really differentiate as much between like what's real, okay, uh, there and what's. Yeah, you're like that like, picture and talk to me. Well, it it was more that this thing like was acknowledging me. Yeah. It was walking up towards me and getting real close and because of the way it got close it like brought shadow onto its face. It sounds horrible. Toy but story. But it's not really like yeah. it's not really that bad, but just little me. That was too much. The the next thing I can think about I used to have a game, three D Dinosaur Adventure. Uh, 
and I love dinosaurs. Jurassic Park was huge. So, in this, they would have various uh, FMVs mm-hmm. um, of like, you know, different dinosaur related stuff. Some would be like, there's one that's really cool where you see the skeleton of a T Rex and it like spins around and shows that and then zooms into each part and adds on like the muscle and then the skin and like all that stuff until it builds the whole T-Rex mm-hmm. and then the thing goes through a run cycle uh, during this whole thing has just banger music yeah. going on does a little run cycle and then all as it's running all the parts uh, go back to bone yeah, uh, and it keeps doing the run cycle and I love that one but there was another one that had two like raptors that they were chasing something and then towards the end the music cuts out one of them sees the camera Mm -hmm. gets distracted and runs off and it's just like chasing you oh lord uh and the end of it is you getting caught you hear it like its mouth is getting really close uh and you hear it's breathing like (sighs) it's horrible (laughs) and like (laughs) It's really nothing now, but, you know, as a kid, like, that ended. I was hiding behind the chair. So what um, so what game was that again? 3D Dinosaur Adventure. And what what um, system was that for? A computer or? We had on the computer. Okay. Um, I don't know really what my first, like, big spook is in, in a, a game, but um, whenever I would... Whenever my wife would get malaria, an organ trail was scary. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, honestly, I'm willing to say when that damn eel pops out at Super Mario 64 got me. And I know a lot of people say that's unintentionally scary, but that scared the shit out of me. I was like, what's this giant eel doing, you know? Why is it here? Um, And then when it decides to swim off... You know, you see it now in the new games when I play. Like the eels look so real, they don't look weird. You know, so they don't no. frighten me. Nothing, nothing really frightens me. And honestly, um, I used to hate doing boss levels, but with the Super Nintendo Mario games, they're the easiest because you just got to hit them three times. Oh yeah, you hit them three times, you're golden. And those damn uh, Koopalings in the the uh, side-scrolling games. You gotta keep trying to knock that fucker off into the lava, and it just wouldn't hurt. Get off! <laughs> Sometimes you miss, and then you become Little Mario. And anyway, those games are frustrating. Um, but for my like real, like a real scary game, um, I want to go back to like the first half of the Re- Resident Evil Two, when you're out there on the streets, and you know it has that that big video at the beginning. It's like yeah. sets up the the premise and the like eeriness of that that street setting always creeped me out. Now, I don't think I even got past... I don't think I even made it into the police department. Who knows? We, I just kept, kept getting killed because I just wanted to shoot them all, you know? Yeah. And that's not what that game's about, you know? Um, but, yeah, I have always had a major fear of games that scare me. As somebody who loves horror... Movies, I love them. I, I legitimately, I watched one last night and went, went to bed, you know. There's a wall of safety. Yeah, you're safe, you know. And sometimes when you're in the theater, I feel like it helps for those movies to feel like you're not as safe because you're kind of out in the open. But when I'm at home, I just put my covers on and I sit there and I drink my hot cocoa. <laughs> um, but with a video game, and now with the ability to attach Bluetooth to my ears, and I'm all I'm doing is looking at the screen, and I can hear every sound. Um, that scares the shit out of me, and oh, yeah. and I've really, I really have been trying to play these games just to because they intrigue me so much. The aspect of having a decently controlled game um, with uh, jump scares are creepy images. That's just an inherently cool to me see i don't i don't like jump scares uh especially ones in games that are scripted now if like something surprising happens yeah 
you know, that's that's one thing. But uh, like the first time I can think of uh, like the, those like kind of quick time event event jump scare kind of things was a uh, Call of Duty Three. You have this part where you walk into a building and a guy just like grabs you and is trying to stab you. Yeah. Um. And I hated things like that one because it's taking control away from me. Correct. Uh. But it, it's the same every time. Mm-hmm. Now, Resident Evil Seven has that really cool kind of jump scare where you're trying to get away from the guy, uh, the the old man, and you're going down the hallway, and he just fucking crashes through his wall. <laughs> <laughs> like stuff like that. That like, you know, when you think you're safe, showing you that you're actually not. That's really cool. Yeah. Now, when a game is just, I'm gonna get in your face and scream. Ah, I don't. I well, don't like that. So like, my major push into doing this is all because I'm obsessed with Five Nights at Freddy. Um, I just got into the lore and then also the games, and they're very simple mechanics versus the fact that. It's not that simple. Um, you know, the game loops are pretty much... Some people can even play them without even, without even looking at anything because they know the loop so much. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I every time I play those games, they are for sure... I know what they look like. I, they don't change the way the, cut, the, the jump scare happens. But every time, I go, ah! Well, see... <laughs> Five Nights at Freddy's to me is like perfect at stress and frustration. Yes. Because you know you have to make it all the way to 6 a.m. If you don't, you lose. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you are, you're feeling, you're fearing that fail state Mm -hmm. uh, whenever they do catch you. And. I mean, uh, along with it is just a, you know, a monster coming up uh, at you. But it could be anything. Um, the The thing is, like, Five Nights at Freddy's puts you on the edge of your seat because you're, like, you're jumping between all these different things. And then they quickly release that tension with a jump scare. Yes. And so you just kind of, like... Ah, throw your hands up. My Grayson, he wanted to try it, okay? That was my son. And he's playing along, trying to do the camera stuff, and eventually he, like... I heard the noise, which sig- signifies that something's in the room with him, even yeah. though he's got the camera up. Yeah. And he dropped that camera, and that she could go, Ah! And Grayson just throws it. Ah! <laughs> 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 That's so funny. Um, well... So that kind of pushed me towards playing a game that I've been wanting to play based on solely on its art style. Um, and also I like the idea of, of the characters. I thought they did a good job with that. But um, it's a game called Bendy and the Ink Machine. I'm a, we're, we're being very late to the party because that thing is, I think, came out in 17 or 18 or something like that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a little old. A little old. But they recently released the Dark Revival, which is the sequel. Which looks amazing, and once it finally makes its way on the Switch, I'll play it. Um, But I made a decision. And I said, Campbell, I'm going to beat this fucking game! (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so I buckled down. I pretty much figured it all out, except for one, I had to go look at my internet, which that made me sad. But... I'm glad I did because I finally beat the beat that part of the chapters because it, it was it's like the new horror games of today. Everything is released either as a whole or they do chapter releases. Um, so this when I bought it was all the chapters together. Um, so so Bendy in the Ink Machine, if you don't know, uh, is a story about a man who gets asked to go back to his old-timey cartoon factory called Joey Drew Studios. His name's Henry, and he is wondering what the owner, why the owner called him back. So, it, the the game starts out, the whole first chapter, you are not in danger at all. But, the anticipation of danger is always there. Um, coupled by really, really good music. Um, 
and a couple of well-placed scares. I've told you about the cardboard cutouts. All over the factory are these little cutouts of uh, Bendy, who is a Mickey Mouse-like character from the roaring 40s or 50s or 60s. I, I'm trying to remember the name of the character. I think he's more like um, that. I can't remember the name, but it, it was like a cat. Yeah, I mean, I understand that, but I mean, I think with the name Bendy, I mean, he, he's he's obvious. He's part of the rubber hose era. Yeah, he's um, obviously a, a Mickey ripoff. And Joey Drew Studios, Walt Disney Studios. So, so Bendy basically looks like a little tiny devil man. And that's, in fact, that's his nickname is the Dancing Demon. And you go in there and they have these Bendy cutoffs. But as you, once you finally unveil the ink machine, all of a sudden those Bendy cardboard cutouts start moving around the, the factory. And so just... The fact that, remember when we talked about liminal spaces? Yeah. And I was like, I don't know what that is. Well, I found out what that is. That first chapter is so fucking scary because of the emptiness of the studio. But is Bendy the most challenging thing I've ever beaten? No. But I had an amazing time with it. Like, so chapters... There is one chapter in it, honestly, that I just didn't like, and that's one where you just do this big fetch quest, uh, fetch quest, where legitimately a character tells you to do something, you go do it, comes back and says, I got more for you. Great. What's the next one? <laughs> so you go do that. And there's not a lot of, like, <laughs> there's not a lot of explaining of what you're doing. In fact, one was like, drain all the cells and get the power battery from this thing. And so I go to the floor and I'm looking around I'm like, what the fuck is this? I'm looking for the little squares. I figured it would be like a power battery. Yeah. But no. No, there's these there's these three little ink tubes up top and you have to make sure to even them out and then it'll pop open and there it is. Um, but all the while you have Bendy the ink demon after you. And all these little uh, shit monsters. And it was very... That was tough. But you go back and say, I'm done. And they go, I got something else I need you to do. <laughs> and you're like, fucking, hey, just stop. <laughs> but that's the only thing. Other than that, I thought the ending was fantastic. Um, turns out, just like we were talking about loops. Guess what? The whole thing's a loop. The the really? guy, the guy from the beginning, goes and beats the ink demon. Goes to talk to his former boss. Everything is sepia toned and old timey and hand drawn on there. You go to a real apartment with color, and you talk to the boss. And he goes, "I need you to go down to the factory and do something for me." And you walk out his front door right into the very part of the beginning. Hmm. And that's the game. And at first, I was like, what the fuck? Like, why are you... Why am I back? And I think, uh, from what I've seen in the Dark Revival, it's going to explain a lot of that. So, um, hey, look. If you got... I think if you could probably beat it if you really did it in like three hours, four hours. It's really worth the amount of money. Because, of, honestly, the, the art is so good. And the environments are beautiful. And eerie. I, I can't recommend it enough. And you could do it if you're not very good at these scary games. Because it's not that scary. My only thing... And I... So... Um, like watching... Uh, I haven't played it myself. But I've like seen a bit. I've... Uh, well, I've held it. I yes. I held yours. Yes. Um, and so I... Uh... My problem with those games is I started with <coughs> Amnesia of the Dark Descent. Mm -hmm. And I mean, which that, that is the game that inspired, you know, Outlast, yeah. Bendy, uh, Poppy's Playtime, uh, the Five Nights at Freddy's, Security <coughs> Breach. You know, they're all pretty much grabbing from Amnesia. Yeah, I mean, the, the, especially when it comes to, like, helpless character. Yeah. 
Like a, good... a, a character where, like, you're just in an area, there's... Some... Oh, Alien Isolation. Oh, That's God. another one. Yeah, I played that one. I ain't never played that game. Yeah. <laughs> Um, where you're just in an area, you have a kind of puzzle to figure out uh, to move on to the next area, and while you're there, there's a monster or something that is chasing you, uh, and you have to avoid it and figure out the puzzle. But Amnesia does it so well. Yeah. Like, like even I, I, I played it not even that long ago uh, on my Switch, it's still good. And it was still it was still terrifying. Yeah, there's something about it. Uh, I mean, there's a there's a kind of charm to it because I I know I know a lot of its inner workings mm-hmm. now. Uh, like I know when some set pieces are coming up, and I know how the monsters work. And I'm not really scared by how they look anymore. Uh, yeah. But even then, that the noise when yeah. they are chasing you—that's a big. Still... That's a big thing in these games that I've noticed is sounds. Yeah. You know, like really and truthfully, like audio cues that things are going to happen. Um, there's these three little shits that run around with weird masks, and one of them actually has his head on a fishing rod, oh, and yeah. it dangles. Um, and they'll kill you like two hits, maybe three hits. Um. But those fuckers got me a lot. They they creep me out because in the fetch quest you deal with them. You deal with them a lot, and um, and and just hearing that noise would automatically put me on high alert, you know. Yeah. And also the ink demon. When the ink demon shows up, which is my favorite part, um, not because the ink demon is some scary imposing thing. Not in this game. Now the second game, he's like a big hulking beast. Um, but all of a sudden you'll be walking. You know, everything's normal. It's very quiet. And then you'll start seeing these shadows, like, start forming all around. And you'll hear whispers, you know. And uh, it's very demonic stuff, too, which I kind of like that stuff in video games. Yeah. Um, But the demonic aspect starts coming in. And so then you have to look for a place to hide. Um, That that was really cool. So that's kind of, like, inspired me to, like, I have a couple more games like that. I'm going to try to play them because that's it really made the gaming fun just because of the implication of danger yeah so um but yeah it's a michael you should play it's fun i mean i might one day but uh it's not really something i have my my eyes set on there are Mm -hmm. other horror games i i tend i tend to like more of the um like action horror games Mm -hmm. uh or something where I get to fight back in some capacity. Well, you do fight, but you get a, you get an axe and a pipe. You can fight in this one. No. You, it's not like you you're always running. They can't kill the ink demon that way, but any other character you can kill with the axe. Yeah. And then maybe the guy with the camera for a head. That guy, he probably you probably would have to get a couple lucky hits to kill him. But no, it's not a whole. You are harm. You are. You are in danger because you have no weapons in, like, probably 45% of the game. The rest of it, you have a weapon. So that helps. Okay. So, um, and in the new game, you got a lot of weapons because they decided that that was kind of... And you can gear up your weapon because yeah. you, you have a, a pipe is the main weapon, and you get a gint pipe, and you can actually, like, charge it up with different powers. It looks cool. Like, it's going to be cool. And you can go through walls. You can zoom up and down. It's cool. I mean, like, when when I was playing Resident Evil 2, you know, I just loved the, uh, the way that what makes it scary is not, it's not really the monsters. Mm-hmm. It's item management. Oh, God. I don't even... That's why I don't play Resident Evil games a lot, because it's scary. I hate that shit. Because, like, you have a certain amount of resources... Uh, now, if you, like, fully explore the thing, you're going to find way more resources than you need. Yeah. Like, you're not going to have a problem with bullets, but if you're, you know, if you're bad at aim, uh, if you're, if you waste your, your healing items and stuff. Yeah. Get that sweet herb. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it gets a little, uh, it gets harder because there's going to be less items around. So, you know, you'll, uh. You'll be in danger more often, and then like choosing what zombies to like fully get rid of because you know they'll come back up, they kind of heal up, mm-hmm. um, or you can double tap them in the head and be done with it. Yeah, 
Um, and then, uh, I still don't know if this is how it was in the original, but M- Mr. X, mm-hmm. the, the big, big guy, I don't remember if he was in the entire game in the original or if he just came and later. This is the second one? Yeah. I think he was a character that was yeah he comes through the I know the, I know he's in the second one but I don't remember if he comes as early as he does doesn't he drop in from the sky no no there's a um a helicopter crash and uh, he, okay he shows in, in the new one he shows himself uh when you're by there and he just lifts it up and comes on the other side that's cool that's cool. Um, I've been looking at the remakes, but see, they're the cloud service remakes, and I always worry that that I'm going to end up not liking it because of that. <laughs> I probably would never play it either, and that's the thing. Like, it's it's just as a to me, the Resident Evil games always seem daunting to me. Um, when I shouldn't feel that way, I should just try them. Like, like Resident Evil Village looks really cool. Um, you know, uh, they have a VR version. Yeah. See, we gotta However, get it. I we gotta get on that. I don't know if it's only for PlayStation because I heard about it from uh, PlayStation VR two. Oh, uh, okay. Their, their second VR thing. Possibly now, but eventually it probably will come out for all. I really hope that PlayStation. It, it sounds bad, but I hope they fail <laughs> because so the PS five, from what I know, hasn't really sold that well. Yeah. Uh, at least, definitely not to the standard that PS4 set. PS4 is the best-selling console. Yeah. Um. So, PS5 hasn't sold that well, and they released uh, another VR headset that's a whole that is the same price as the uh, the PS5. Mm-hmm. So you basically gotta drop a thousand dollars. Yeah. Uh, between the two. But the PSVR, they now <coughs> just use a USB-C cord. Mm-hmm. So, in theory, that headset could absolutely just plug into a computer. Yeah. That's just something. They got to update some firmware. Yeah. And it, it would work. And I guarantee, if that was the case, the $500 is not a bad price. Yeah. That. It's only a bad price when you consider... You have to, you know, it's like if you want to play VR, then you have to make all these other purchases, and you're stuck in the PlayStation Store. Mm-hmm. But if it was just a headset, five hundred dollars—that's a good price. Plug that in my computer, and I mean, it's got eye tracking. It's got, uh, and because of that, it's got foveated rendering, where mm-hmm. based on where you're looking, it'll like do lesser quality towards the edges. But you won't notice it because yeah. your focus on something That's cool. Else. That's really cool. It's hard to believe. Back in the day, when I was a kid, we had Virtual Boy. Yeah. Yeah. Virtual Boy. Now, I never was privileged <laughs> to play Virtual Boy. However, this is the rundown of those systems I've played. So... I was lucky enough to play the first Nintendo, Sega Genesis, 32X, even though we don't really count that, Sega CD, Super Nintendo, Um, then I got an N64, Atari Jaguars, but my buddy had a Panasonic 3DO, (laughs) (laughs) which his parents are rich, dude. You you know how much a Panasonic 3DO was, right? Oh, yeah. So, um, but after that, I kind of, like... I ended up getting the PS2 and the Xbox 360, and that was the last system I got. So, until the Switch. Until the Switch. So, like, to me, I'm like, I couldn't believe the jump from the 360 to now on all things. Even like, the Switch was probably is like a 360. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, like it uses the same, has the same kind of power that the 360 had. Um, so, you know, that, that's the Switch's biggest problem is it is using dated hardware. Yeah. Um, and it, it was using dated hardware even when it came out. Mm-hmm. So now, after five, six years, 
It's really dated. Yeah, yeah. six years actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, twenty seventeen. Yeah, it is. It's so old. <laughs> yeah, but it looks good. I mean, it's it's decent. They yeah, for, really need an upgrade. Yeah, though. for a handheld. And I was just thinking about that because I. I like watching all the stuff about the handheld things, like the the 3ds and the and the advance advance and stuff. The Neo Geo, wait, not Neo Geo. The Atari Lynx, the um, NGK, um, all those things that came out handheld look so shitty. Like when I got a Game Gear, and it had actual <laughs> lighting, but it would destroy AA batteries. It still was so cool because oh look, it's colorful Sonic. He's on here. But well, like me, me with my uh, when I when I upgraded from Game Boy Advance to Game Boy Advance SP, what the with fuck the, with the backlighting? Ah, Ooh, game changer, game changer. But like to hold this little thing, this little device, and play Xbox 360 quality games, like it's nuts to me. And but I love it. I love being able and and see. I don't have the big switch. I just have the light. But I kind of like it because I can take it anywhere. I can play it anything, and you could do that with the other one, but you still got the slapping controllers and all that kind of stuff. And well, like, I mean, now you've got the Switch's biggest kind of competition being the Steam Deck. Yes. Which, I, I want a Steam Deck, but that's partly because I am a PC gamer, mm -hmm. so I have a large PC library. Yeah, and you play it on the And game. the Steam Deck is literally connected to that library, so yeah. all the games I have on there... I now have on the go. I, and I admit, they would be pretty sweet to have a Steam Deck, too. Um, because there's a lot of games on Steam that I want to play that will never come out on Switch. Um, but anyway, let's go. Uh, Bendy and the Ink Machine, play it. Or die. Let's talk about Little Nightmares. So I, I realized both Bendy and the Ink Machine... So Bendy and the Ink Machine, Chapter 1, came out. February 2017. February is the best month for all things. Including um, my birthday. I, and because of its style, I thought of Cuphead. Yeah. So I looked when that came out. That came out in September of 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Little Nightmares, first released on PlayStation 4 and Windows and Xbox One in April of 2017. There you go. Good oh, game. It's just a, it's a good year. A good year for games. Yeah. Good. Uh, Two, Shoot, the Switch came out. Yeah, two K seventeen, the way to go. Oh goodness! I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna like get in my time machine. I'm gonna go. Hey Marty, let's go. We're going back to 2017. We're paying full price for these games. <laughs> okay, let's. We're, we're going. We pay sixty dollars. <laughs> On uh, one time, um, a friend of mine went to the North Charleston flea market, and. I was like, let me know if they got any Nintendo 64 games. And because I, I had my Nintendo. And I was like, I really want to see if they got Smash Brothers because I want to get Smash Brothers. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, they had it. But the guy wanted $50 for it, which is, truth be told, probably not a bad price for how cool that game is and how wanted that game was. But I politely said, don't get it, and tell that man. Um, I'll get it once they invent a time machine. I can go back in time and pay full price, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, fuck that. Um, so, Little Nightmares. You played Little Nightmares. I did. Um, um, you loved it. Best game of the 2017, right? Dude, I literally just said Cuphead came out that year. No, oh, Cuphead. I didn't like Cuphead. I played Cuphead. I wasn't a big fan. You're crazy. And I like platformers. Well, I don't like shooter well, platformers. Well, it's more of a, a bullet hell. Yeah, it's more like a Contra level yeah yeah shoot them up um but yeah so i little nightmares that's a game that's always kind of been on my radar uh but just never never got it it just kind of got pushed to the side um i mean i love platformers uh i really liked limbo and inside mm -hmm. um especially inside i mean inside is just a masterpiece yeah Highly, you haven't played it yet. I, I won't really suggest playing it, uh, especially since it goes on sale like all the time. You can uh, buy, it is on you sale. You can buy it, like Limbo and Inside for like five bucks. Yeah, I'm probably total. gonna get it at some point. I like the art style in it. Yeah, both of it's them. It's great. Um, 
But so, finally played Little Nightmares. Uh, and I gotta say, I was a little disappointed. I liked it enough that I do want to play the sequel. The however, sequel looks really cool. However, I'm gonna get the sequel on my computer instead yeah. of my Switch. Because, goddamn, those load times. So, do you think that that is a common problem only because of the Switch? Or because I, of... I don't know. I if, don't think it, it is. If it's a problem on the computer, then it is a huge downside yeah. to the game. But on the Switch... Um, Just quit I dying, mean, dude. It, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, this game... Okay. For everyone that know, it's a 2.5D puzzle platformer uh, where you kind of kind of like Bendy, where you're just in an area. There's a there's generally a monster that is walking around, uh, and you've got to platform your way around them, uh, do a little puzzle. You may have to distract them with something so you can get to another area. Mm-hmm. Get an item. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of that, it can, in some parts, feel almost like a uh, trial and error. You oh, know, see, 100%. Like, see, like, yeah. what you can do, and then, you know, come back with more knowledge of what to do. But that makes it really annoying when you have to wait you know, 20, 30, even I got up to 45 seconds of load time, which, you know, like, yeah, it's like 45 seconds. It's not that much. But like when you're dying, when you come back and then you die in the next 20 seconds, yeah, it's a crazy long amount of time. And I mean, like in my run through it a little bit, I didn't, I guess I just didn't pay attention to it. I don't know. (laughs) But like, um, the one thing that I was drawn to that game by is just the art style too. Like it's something that's said about these small studios and these these games that aren't necessarily backed by AAA. Well, uh, money. I do. I, I just do like love it. I just think it's so cool that they I do able like to its do that. Uh, visual style. Uh, the only thing, and I still don't know if this is also because of the Switch. It was very, it was very grainy. Uh, yes. And the only reason I don't know if that's because of the Switch is because, like, other games that uh, maybe have more lighting effects. So, like, I first noticed this when I played uh, Spyro, mm-hmm. uh, the remastered on the Switch. Yeah. And it was super grainy. Uh, was it, like, I think was it, it extra, like, were they getting, like, dirty and down? Like, did they make a reboot where they made it edgy and... No, no, it's Spyro super, is no, because I, I, my brother had gifted it to me for my birthday, even though I already had it on my PS4. I mm-hmm. bought it as soon as it came out. I was like, hell yeah, I love Spyro. <laughs> I never got to play Spyro. Oh, think. so good, great platformers. Mm-hmm. Um, but so yeah, he got it on my Switch, so I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll play some on my Switch, and yeah, it just looked terrible. Uh, and I, I thought, you know, maybe. They didn't know how to optimize it, uh, and so that's why it looks super grainy and blurry and just not appealing. And I thought, like, looking at Little Nightmares, it kind of had the same kind. I don't know if it's an artistic choice. It didn't take away too much. No, I didn't really notice um, it too much. But it was something that made me think, like, man, I really wish this was just, like, crystal clear. Yeah. Um, but, I don't. I mean, in the end... It probably was a stylistic choice. Fuck, man. I'll cut cut this out. Um, No, you won't. No, I actually do cut out the yawns, okay? Uh, Unless there's a joke behind it. Then I'll keep it. But um, I think it's had to be stylistic. Just based on the imagery. I mean, it legitimately is a dark, disturbing world that these people live in. And um, these creepy-ass... Uh, uh, mushy face people, um, which I found out today they were wearing masks. But I mean, I knew the chef was, you know, because he actually like reached up into his mask to itch his face. But in the end, and and I mean, I knew the um, yeah. Wait, everybody. How could the chef's how could the chef's face be a mask if it blinks? The eyes aren't a mask. 
Yeah, all of them are. Everybody in there is wearing a mask, including the guy, the blind guy with the big arms. So, and the the mother, the uh, lady is wearing a mask too, and all the people in the well, boat. Yeah, all the people in the boat, I think, are wearing masks too. Well, actually, I I kind of assumed the lady was actually using like magic or something because like at like she's looking in the mirror and you see her gross face, but when she turns around, it's her uh, mask. Is her yeah her mask face so like I assumed it was like you know, I mean got, maybe she's got some magic powers but like so it it recontextualized the game for me a little bit once I found out what the second one is about well I, I don't, don't I know me, don't tell me no not spoiler. that I've only but, played the first one but like so I showed you that video we were talking about um about like one man's opinion on what they thought Little Nightmares was about. And that was about the life of someone in the, like a child sweatshop, and how they're forced to live there, work there, eat there, sleep there, beat there, uh, rape there, all that kind of stuff. And they're controlled by monsters, monsters of, of adults, like people who are literally human monsters. And um, that they show signs through the whole platforming sections that show you that Kids have come and go and have died, and they're used oh, yeah. for food. They're used for, and or the sex trade, like it's an uh, an allegory for that. Uh, I think it's more the sweatshop than the sex trade, um, but I guess I didn't realize that in the end, after spoiler alert, after the mother, the woman dies, that six is now the new leader like she's now going to be the head of the sweatshop because she takes her powers and then she's walking and taking the powers of other creatures there but it's like more of a metaphor of that like sometimes those kids get brought up in that trade and then they become the next people you know who well are, yeah that um what what was the and when she ate the little guy what was the movie about the like that we talked about that was like a oh smile yes um kind of like that that uh that generational trauma correct um where so in the in the context of this you you play six which i didn't know was a little girl i oh i could totally tell she looked the morton salt girl she just it just looked like a kid in a raincoat you never really see their face so it's like i just tell by the legs and the walk and the yeah. Anyways. And the raincoat. This is this Morton Salt girl. You know. Oh. Anyway. Whatever. Anyways. Yeah. So six. Uh, like you start the game like in a cage uh, with a bunch of other kids. You platform your way up the ship uh, where there's various gross looking people. Like there's uh, the first one's like a blind janitor. Yeah, uh, who scared the shit out of me most of the time? He was the one that scared me the most. Those arms, man, and the uh, fact, they, uh, and he made weird noises. And uh, the underwater granny. Yes, 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 yes. Even though that section fucking annoyed me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I thought the thing underneath the shoes creeped me out too. It was like tremors, but with shoes. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um. But yeah, you make your way up. Uh, first you figure out that you're actually on a ship. Uh, you know, you can tell by the swaying, which is really cool. I did like that, and I liked how it did play a part in the, the game. So you're yeah. never... Because you don't have that, like, sure footing, you don't really feel safe. No, you never... I honestly felt... Besides, like, the beginning part a little bit, I felt... Well, like, you're, sa- you're safe in a gameplay sense, mm-hmm. but, like... Thematically, you never, yes. you never have, uh, you never have that sure footing. You're yeah. always being pushed back and forth. It's cool. It's a, uh, it, the more I talk about it, the more I like. <laughs> but um, I thought it's cool. But yeah, so you you make your way through. Uh, you go through a janitor. Uh, there are chefs. two two chefs. Portly chefs. Yeah. Um. There's a. 
like dining hall where there's just a bunch of really fat, ugly people just chowing down just on a lot howling. of stuff. Which were they eating the gnomes? I think so. I think the gnomes are the kids in this. Well, yes, yes. the gnomes are the kids, but I didn't know if they were also eating the gnomes. I think they were. Um, so as you've been going through, there are these little gnome creatures that like come up to you, and they're they're well. They might run away. They're a little scared, uh, but you can hug them and mm-hmm. reassure them, and they'll be like, "Oh, thank you," and then like run off, yeah, all happy. Um, but kind of weirdly, randomly, you kind of reach a point where v- throughout the game, six had these uh, starvation fits. Yeah. yeah, where she can't really move, uh, and she has to get to some food really quick, and so. At various points, you eat a bunch of, like, garbage, and it it progressively gets worse. Yeah. And you get to a point where there's a gnome, like, holding out a piece of sausage to you, and it's like, here, you can eat this. Uh, And you're like, fuck that sausage. I don't want a goddamn sausage. (laughs) And it's like, I want a snow gnome. it's, It's, like, disturbing, but it's also just kind of out of nowhere. Well, didn't she eat a foot, too? Now... Wasn't there, like, a, a severed limb, and she ate that part of that, too? Because, well, yeah. like, from what I saw, the the first time you do that, a guy stands up in the in the mess hall, walks up to the cage, and throws out food to her. And so, like, to me, that's the kindness that the adults are showing, showing her to lead her into this life where she will eventually grow up in. You get a little bit of this to make yourself feel safe. Then you started eating gnomes. It just it just felt weird. It was because be. because if like if it was just the gnome, mm-hmm. you know, no sausage there, then I could totally see. It's but like, maybe yeah. it was the gnome just was holding his dick out, big fat sausage no, dick. Well, we know that's not the case. And just gobbling we, it up because we played the DLC. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot he was the fucking gnome. It's all coming together. <laughs> Um, yeah, so you eat the gnome, you go through this whole mess hall, very much inspired by Spirited Away. Uh, if you've ever seen it, like, it will automatically stick out to you. There's actually multiple things. The the gnomes are very much like the the soot monsters from Spirited Away. Mm -hmm. Campbell has not seen it. No. I highly suggest you watch this movie. It's very weird, but that's part of its charm. Okay. Uh, and you can watch the English dub. English dub is cool. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ooh. Don't have Hero. <laughs> no, yeah, the English dub is very good. Uh, okay. All Ghibli films have good English dubs. So I was just right. dubbing you. Uh, oh, you were dubbing, dubbing me. me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you make it past that. You go into a boiler room. Uh, where you, or not, not a boiler, well, I guess a boiler room. You, you gotta get a bunch of gnomes to be able to throw coals into a fire so that it operates an elevator. Yes. Do that. You make your way up to this geisha-looking woman, mm-hmm. uh, who seems to run over the ship. Um. She's like the head bitch yeah. in charge. Yeah. Um. And she, you know, like, you first see her walk, looking down over the fat people eating yeah. stuff. I can't wait to go eat all this, this expensive food. So I guess, uh, in a way, sound like. it's it's kind of a, it's setting up a hierarchy of people. You've got, like, the low, you've got the absolute lowest of the lows. You, the player character, mm-hmm. I mean, you were, literally start the game caged up. Then you've got the next tier uh, that has made you subservient, uh, being the janitor. You're you're like the janitor is putting you to work. Yeah, trying to. Uh, then you you go up. You've got the chefs that the janitors have to clean up their mess. Mm-hmm. And then there you have the the people who are eating the chef's food. So the chef is working for those people basically. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, you've got the geisha woman who is overlooking the entire thing. Yeah. Uh, because she is 
head honcho. But I guess, uh, you know, it really sets up this, like, pyramid scheme of, like, subservience. Yeah, and also, like, if, of, um, oh, what's the word I'm trying to say? Of abuse, too, you know? Yeah. Um, not only, you know, are they working in not great conditions and, you know, but they're still serving a, one person's calls, really. And, yeah. um, that's all of us, guys. But, so, you make it up to... We're the, all gnomes with cone hats. You make it up to the woman, uh, the geisha woman. She has uh, weird kind of magical powers, uh, which may be kind of how she was able to get at the top of the, the yeah. food chain. Um, but she, for some reason, can't look at herself. Uh, if she sees herself... Then she disappears. So you defeat her by having her look in the mirror. Yeah. She goes, no, my pretty, my pretty, yeah. my precious. Uh, my so precious then, sweat job. So then her dead body, you go up and your final meal. Wrong. You go, yeah, you go and eat. <laughs> you go and eat the, the geisha, absorbing her powers. Oh, that's hot. Yeah. Um, That's a red tube channel there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Six fucks geisha. (laughs) Six eats out geisha. Oh, God. Um, And then so you end the game walking uh, out of the boat, um, walking forward, not side to side like Mm. you have been the whole game. So it really shows the, the power you have. You walk by... Uh, past these the the fat people eating and they like try to grab you but your powers you know you you kill them yeah with it uh, and you make your way out and in a post credit scene you're just on top of the the mall as I heard it was called mm-hmm. and that's it as far as the the story okay so let's quickly go over the DLC because we're we're running a little late. Um, so the DLC takes place. Do they do they name that kid? He's just called the Runaway Kid. Okay, Runaway Kid. We'll call him um, RC. Call him we'll call him Royal Crown Cola. Um, Royal Crown Cola. Um, <laughs> I feel like that's that's slower. But his his trip is going the opposite direction, right? No, he's going he's going almost parallel. Okay. Uh, he's right. a little bit ahead of six, mm-hmm. so like you'll you start the game uh, waking up. There's a there's like an orphanage kind of thing, or like a like there's a bunch of beds. Uh, I guess where a bunch of the other kids sleep. Yeah, and probably where uh, they get be- there. And it's being watched over by the janitor. Mm-hmm. Um, so just showing how the we the janitor. Is like the security guard almost. Yeah, for he's like a drugs. jailman. He's a yeah. yeah. He cleans. He mops up the uh, bile and vomit and blood. Yeah. And yeah. Um, with no eyes. Uh, yeah, but he doesn't need it. Uh, but you you first go to kind of the underbelly of the ship. Uh, there's some water in there, and in it is this weird, just strange, like granny thing <laughs> that. That will grab you and drag you under. It's Pennywise uh, the clown. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's terrifying. <laughs> but you, you already know why. Yeah, you already know for me. Yes, um, we're not gonna do it again. But Michael has elastic phobia. Yeah. So. Um, okay, so after um, you uh, electrocute, I, don't you? Push yeah, the, yeah. You uh, you push a TV. But see, she's not water. like the shoe monster. The shoe monster can only, which who knows what that thing looks like. Probably a shoe. Um, the shoe monster cannot knock things over, but Granny Naked Tits can. Yeah. Uh, Granny gets to a point where, like, you know, before it's like when you're standing on an item that's floating in the water, you're safe. But it gets to a point where it starts just, like, knocking that yeah, over. which and is so cool. It's, it's forcing you to keep moving. Yeah. Uh, which was, yeah, it was really cool. Well, that game Celeste that I've been playing has taught me. Keep moving. Keep, keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. No, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> like, you die real easy in there. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, after that, you you get to the janitor section. You know, you, you do that. You escape from there. 
And then I think you pretty much get sent up, like, pretty much straight to the Geisha. Because there's only three chapters uh, yeah. in the DLC. Uh, so it's a little bit shorter than the normal thing. But I felt like it was a much higher quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really liked the DLC. And that that's part of the reason I am excited to play the second. Because yeah. it, it clearly got better as it went on. The so, second one looks sweet. So I imagine lie. the second one is you're even in, better. You're in a better location. Things don't just look very similar. Like You're in a lot of different spots with different creatures. Yeah. And uh, what I like about it is how they made man the monsters. You know, like, there's not a six-foot-tall, um, you know, uh, like, color out of space monster that's unimaginable. It's just people. You know, gross, gigantic people. But people, nonetheless. Are they big, or are you small? <laughs> I feel small. Um, but yeah, you make it up to Geisha. Uh, you do some puzzles. They, she's got these like shadow kids that try to uh, take you down, and you have to put them out with your flashlight. Straight up turns into Alan Wake. For yeah, a Alan Wake. What a shitty horror game. I, I like that one. Mm-hmm. I I'd have to play it again though. It that was one of like the first like horror games I'm like I'm getting this and you know what that fucking maze that got me well here's the thing about Alan Wake it got me too I'm not gonna lie I, all I did was read cause you know when you when you go to GameStop you get your membership you get Game Informer and, you got it from Gamefly oh god yeah it's, it's funny Gamefly didn't turn out as big as Netflix should've Streaming video, streaming games. That's the future. Well, well, I mean, it is the future. However, we got a long way to go to get there. But, like, Gamefly... What, dude? Google Stadia is, is rocking everyone's house. Gamefly really should have, like, taken off. Because, I mean, Netflix was doing pretty well with their DVD things. And that's why we got Gamefly. Because we were like, hey, if we can get DVDs, let's do this. And just, like, get games sent to us. Yeah. Games that, like, movie gallery... Our local yeah. uh, movie and game store. Hollywood Video. You know, Blockbuster. That, Video yeah. Village. There's no appearance on Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, games that like, they don't even have. First game I got from there is Avatar. Oh, <laughs> the God. Blue People oh, game. God. Very ambitious. Weirdly ambitious for a movie tie-in. Hey, game. listen. It's the biggest movie that no one cares about. Yeah. So it should be the biggest game that no one cares about. Right, James Cameron? Yeah. yeah. Alright, you're good. You can go. Here, take your fruit basket. Okay. But anyways. Isn't that cool James Cameron came back? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was Jim. just hanging out. I call him Jim. He wanted to see the process. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, so the kid. Uh, you get all the way to the geisha, and uh, she unfortunately catches you. It's scripted. Um and you, you, so you like you see her true face, which is ugly. Uh, but she catches you and turns you into a gnome. Uh, and then, as a gnome, you roam around for a minute until you end up at the spot with that sausage, and it, it clicks that you, the person you've been playing as, is actually the gnome get, that got eaten by six dead meat. Yeah. Dead fucking me. Well, I mean, like I said, that's cool. That's very Breaking Bad of them. I thought that was kind of a Breaking Bad moment where it just all came together. Yeah. Oh, he's got the bomb underneath him. He ate him. <laughs> um. So, so if you had to recommend Little Nightmares, would you? To I I would probably recommend it. Uh, one, I'd recommend probably buying the bundle uh, mm-hmm. of Little Nightmares 1 and 2. Um, I wish I had done that. Me too. But I'd also recommend probably just getting it, like, don't buy it on the Switch, I would say. Unless that's the only thing you have. Yeah, like because, me. Because, goddamn, those load times were really irritating me. See, see, at first when I was playing it, I was kicking ass. So I, I guess I didn't really think about the load times until, you know, 
couple of areas. But other than that, I felt like I was rocking and rolling through it pretty easy. Um, but once you get to some of them big monsters, you have to kind of pay attention to their mechanics and, and how they do things. And I got caught a couple of times by them fat fuckers, too, trying to sneak around. Sometimes I get aggravated, and I just said, fuck it, I'll just go try to get it. You can't do that in this game. You could in some parts. Some parts I, I really yeah. liked it in some parts, uh, especially in the kids' story. I found mm-hmm. I was able to like. It's like if I, if I know the layout, uh, I can bolt it. Yeah. I just have to like go a certain route. I like the fact that the game is made. Like, I love the the villains' animations and how they react to things. So, and how. It's made to look like Six barely got out of everything, like in an action movie, you know? Oh, yeah. And so, like, when those fat fuckers are chasing after her and, the and like, rubbing their bellies on the dinner hall and they're just crawling all over each other, and you jump from that ledge and you grab onto the geisha thing and fling out and it tips over, like, that's so cool to see in that type of setting instead of uh, FMV. Showing you how to do it. Well, like, that's something that Inside does really well. Yeah, that's pretty, why I want to play. Pretty much any, like, chase sequence, mm-hmm. like, you know, quotes on that, uh, will always be, like, where you'll just barely make it. Yeah. Uh, and so it always keeps that tension. Um, and But it also, the only downside to that is if you make a slight pivot in your movement then you may not make it yeah. uh, and have to do that little run over again. You're going to be eaten by fat people. But at that time, you know, those lo- load times were not 45 seconds. Yeah, very true. Um, so, yeah, I think basically we're saying, uh, hey, look, check out a lot of games. <laughs> like, Go look at some of these games and see how like innovative people are being and how they've taken like the tropes of other games and made them better. Well, like, um, even even if you never played, like, horror video games, or video games in general, I mean, like, it really is just, it, it's a whole another medium to appreciate. Mm-hmm. Like, in horror, we've got our own, like, tropes and stuff. Video games have their own as well. Uh, and now you're getting to the point where, you know, one of the most, like, critically acclaimed, highly anticipated shows of, of this year was The Last of Us. Yeah. That was a video game. Hey, listen. A very, like, you know, Hollywood-esque video game. Yeah. It was emulating Hollywood, uh, so it, it fits, but still. Well, look. That was we, a video game. We've come a long way since the Mario Brothers movie that I saw in theaters. And now we're getting... It's a me, a Mario. Um, look, Mario came, too. Hey there, uh, Michael. Did you play my game? Yes, Mario, I played your game. Did you? Good. I'm going to go jerk off Luigi. <laughs> okay. You're going to stick toad up Peach's yeah. ass. I'm going to go play Pappy's a Playtime with a hoogie woogie. <laughs> he turned into the Swedish chef a little bit there. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, hey, listen. Thank you for listening to Cat Scare 64 Podcast. I'm Campbell. I'm Michael. And I'm going to eat this mushroom. <laughs> Good night. And good luck.